So my name is Nathan Detweiler. For those who don't know me, I'm the assistant pastor here. And I have a, a two-hour sermon, so we're going to be out here running on time. Yeah. I'm sorry, two hours and ten minutes. Uh, I just have a few thoughts to share. I have fewer thoughts now than I did before, actually. Uh, let me see. What should I preach about here? So... Normally, on our missions conference week, we have the missionary that's going to be with us on Sunday morning. Today, we don't. Uh, and he'll be with us tonight at 6 o'clock. So I hope you come tonight at uh, 6 o'clock p.m. for an ice cream social and hearing from missionary Gene. Uh, but I, I did have, have one big thought that I wanted to share with you guys. And it's very much in line with what MJ shared uh, from Acts 17.26. Um, Jackie and I live on a really nice uh, street in, in Saratoga. And we don't really like belong there. It's only by the grace of God that we live there. It's really quite, quite amazing. It's a very nice neighborhood. We live in a house that uh, is in disrepair because the landlords are going to be selling the house, and so they're going to be kind of um, sending the house along to the next person that buys it, and so they don't see a point in repainting it. But the interesting thing for us, so it's not our responsibility, but we feel kind of bad about it. You know, we feel kind of bad that our house is uh, not looked on favorably. And in case there was any kind of doubt in our minds, as to whether or not people liked our house. We always have our windows open with the curtains kind of drawn. And uh, we, we have people thinking they have complete anonymity walking by, and, and they'll say, oh my goodness, this is the bane of the neighborhood. This is ruining everything. <laughs> you know, this house, you know. And it's, uh, it's really funny. And, you know, we feel a little bit bad about that. Um, we feel bad that we're ruining the lives of people in our neighborhood, you know, by our house being kind of uh, not, not well painted with some rotting boards. But again, it's not our responsibility per se. We're living there temporarily until it's sold at some later time. So everything's really steady um, in our lives. So like I said, it's a really nice neighborhood. It's by God's grace that we live there. We love our, our neighbors and the people that live near us. But uh, people in our neighborhood, maybe you have, have this uh, experience, are obsessed with their lawns. I mean, it's insane. Uh, we have kids being hired. We have comp- companies being hired. We have grown adults on their hands and knees with like a pair of scissors, like cutting grass to make sure it's equal, like with rulers, like walking around. And it's, uh, it's really impressive. And I, I found that, you know, people, people measure their, their need to mow their lawn in minutes and hours, not days, you know. If there was a, uh, a first church of, you know, lawn maintenance, I guess, people would all be saved in my neighborhood. Um, and the baptism would be by sprinkling, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, what if Jackie and I were to take a walk on our street and pretend we, we belonged there in the neighborhood, right? And, and we came up to our house. Uh, curtains are drawn. doesn't appear to be anyone home. And we kind of talked, uh, you know, talked about the people that hypothetically live in the house that we reside in and said, look at this lawn. Like, what are they doing? Like, they, they haven't mowed in like three days. Like, it's get, look at, if you look at all the neighbors' lawns, like, it's, it's a different height. The grass is a different height. They should really get out here. Like, what's wrong with these people? What if me and Jackie, you know, came up to our house and said that about the hypothetical people that live there? Well, that would be ridiculous, because unlike the paint and the rotting wood, which isn't our responsibility at this time, uh, the lawn care is our responsibility. That's something that we do have responsibility for in our house. So it would be ridiculous for us to stand there and act like this is someone else's job. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, sometimes we're tempted to 
uh, look at the Bible's teachings about sharing the gospel, the good news of salvation with Jesus Christ, as being someone else's job primarily. And we're tempted to do this because we see there's pastors and there's professional pastors like myself, there's professional missionaries out there, and then the church as a whole is responsible to kind of do this. So we kind of stand outside the church in some ways and say, how's the church doing with sharing the gospel? You know, how's the pastor doing with sharing the gospel and his messages? You know, is he, is he doing this or not doing this? How, how are the missionaries doing? And we tend to kind of outsource this sometimes. But the really interesting thing is that the Great Commission to share the gospel and the good news with the whole world is our lawn. You know, the siding on the house might be rotting, the paint might be peeling off, but the lawn is actually our responsibility. The Bible teaches it really clearly. Uh, and I, I think it would be really an interesting study to just take a look at a scripture this morning and see a couple scriptures and just see what God says about sharing the gospel and what it looks like and who the, whose job it is. Uh, this is something where, you know, God doesn't seem to have a plan B in place. I think that the church itself is God's plan A for sharing the gospel. Uh, and so this sermon is called Ongoing, Therefore, which all the English people will love. Um, <laughs> no comma? Okay. And this is uh, taken from the Great Commission. I have a, a literal translation from the Greek of the Great Commission in Matthew 28. So they t- basically made no effort to smooth over, over the language or make it sound good. Uh, this is what it says. And the nuance in, in the reading makes it all the more meaningful. We're used to, to it saying in verse 19, go into all the world, discipling, you know, that kind of translation. But here it says in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, And on approaching them, Jesus spoke to them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Ongoing, therefore, disciple all nations by baptizing them, the people making up the nations, in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and by teaching them to keep or obey all the things, as many as they are, that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days till the consummation of the age. So the really interesting thing about this, this translation that's kind of lost in the NIV and other translation because it's very awkward, is in verse 19 where it says, ongoing therefore. You know, it's this idea that as you go about your business, do this. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of both local and global, everyone, as you go. It's a, this really interesting concept. And it's one of those things that to me when I read that, we have this game in my house with my kids early in the morning. It's a game I made up. It's a ridiculous game where I just, the kids are kind of like half asleep, I'm half asleep. I point at my kids and say, you, you, Olivia, like that. And then she goes, you, daddy. And I say, you, Elias. And he goes, you, daddy. And then he points at Olivia. It makes no sense. It's a nonsensical game. Because um, that's the best kind of game there is. But uh, what I feel like when I read this translation of the Great Commission is, it's you. It's you. You are, you are God's plan A. As you go about your business in Saratoga Springs, where as we saw in Acts 17.26, God has determined where you will live, right? As you go about your business, share the good news. And so what is the good news that we're sharing? I want to look at another commonly misunderstood uh, passage that's very famous about sharing the gospel, actually in Romans 10. It says, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in, And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And the words in this that are are most diverting or 
cause a diversion, preaching and preach, we automatically in our mind think of a preacher, a professional preacher like myself. You might not believe it, actually. <laughs> preacher in training. Um, or, or a professional missionary, someone who's devoted their time and gets paid to do ministry or something like this. But the interesting thing about these words is they're not professional ministry words in this passage. This is talking about everyday Christians, which is, by the way, the only... I mean, there's no such thing as an average believer, in other words. Every believer is called to do these things. To preach, uh, the translation is to be a herald, to officiate as a herald, to publish, proclaim openly something which has been done. So to preach, to share, is to, pr- to proclaim openly with the people that you come into contact with as you go about your business, something that's been done. What's been done, in this case, is the good news here, okay? And the good news is translated as glad tidings, of joyful tidings, of God's kindness. In particular, messianic blessings. In other words, the blessings that come from Christ. And in the New Testament, this is talking about the coming kingdom of God and the salvation that can be obtained only through faith in Jesus Christ and what relates to salvation. This is something that this is a passage that while many times we look at it and we say, oh, we need to you know, develop more pastors and send them out, you know, these words are not talking about professionals. This is talking about just believers, just believers in general, okay? And, and we're meant to be heralds, okay, uh, who see the great commission that Jesus gave as being for us, who as we go about our business, share the good news of the finished work of Jesus Christ, uh, and the good news of messianic blessing that come through Jesus with the people we come into contact with. So this whole uh, Great Commission, Missions Weekend that we're doing, I really wanted to bring it around to this place uh, of of saying, look, we have missionaries that we support overseas, because that's the world outside of our bubble in Saratoga Springs, and we do that. We're called to do that. It actually says in the Bible we're supposed to, uh, to do that, to support missions in the larger, you know, global context. And so we do that through giving to the Great Commission each week, which is uh, part of our, we have the general offering we have, then we also encourage people to weekly give to the Great Commission, and that money goes to support missionaries overseas, right? So we have that. But locally, as far as the church, the truth is, yes, we, we share the gospel in church, but primarily what church is about is about equipping the saints for acts of service. That's what this is about. I'm supposed to equip you guys to share the gospel as you go about your business. That's what I'm supposed to be able to do. And I don't actually have time to go into like tons of specifics about how you might do that, but I do want to encourage you. This mission is, cannot be outsourced to someone else. It can't be outsourced to me. It can't be outsourced to Gene, who we're going to hear from later, who's a professional missionary. Um, this is a time of equipping so that you guys can be the, the normative average believer, and the average believer are the ones that carry the Great Commission and the gospel to the ends of the world, who herald the, the, how Jesus came and lived and died. And this is something we do as we go. And, I, and uh, for me, it just comes down to your, your personality, your interests, your, your family makeup, whatever it might be, your, your job where you spend like 80% of your waking moments. This is not wasted time. This is not wasted time, and like, I hope that I can get done at work so I can go and share the gospel somewhere or go to church and like, make sure that I'm part of the, gospel, the real ministry. You know, that's not wasted time. In these areas, with our, with our unique personalities, temperaments, giftings, all of the resources that we have, I, I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to pray and ask him, how do we, sh- how do we 
uh, participate in the great commission of sharing the finished work of Jesus Christ, the good news, in the context in which we are with the people that we rub shoulders with. And even placing ourselves in greater social situations where we, you know, can get to know people, build relationship with people, and hopefully share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. You know, that's what I think that God's calling us to do. Uh, because we are God's plan A. There is no such thing as the average believer. Uh, there is no distinction between sacred and secular. You know, something doesn't become kosher when it walks through the doors of a church. You know, the ministry is out there. You know what I mean? It's the kingdom of God is advancing in the world, and God has determined all of you to live where you're living, whether you know it or not, to work at the jobs you're working at, to be in the families you're in the family with, to be in the clubs and activities your kids are involved in, sports, you know, music, whatever they might be, uh, to, to have the interests that you have. God has placed you. He has rooted you in this context. And he wants you to share with, with the people around you by building a relationship with them and asking him to reveal himself to them and even speaking words to them. And I've had the This doesn't have to be this horrible, awkward thing where you're like, oh gosh, I'm so nervous. It's as simple as building a relationship with someone, spending time with them, caring about them, you know, putting, putting uh, loving them in Jesus' name. Loving them in Jesus' name in general and building that relationship and then sharing with them, you know, your real life. And, and if you're a real follower of Jesus Christ and you actually have an experience of a relationship with him, you have real stuff to share. It's just who you are. You know, it's who you are. It's, uh, it's what he's doing in your life. It's what he's done. These are things that intersect. Our stories intersect with other people's stories all the time. We just don't think about it, you know? So I just encourage you to, uh, to take this Great Commission to heart and to think about Praying, and we're going to take it just some. We're not going to have the worship team come back up, but we are going to spend some time praying and asking God, you know, to show us how we can uh, how we can do this in our lives. You know, this is why I believe the call of God is for every believer. And again, there's no average believers in the kingdom of God. This is our lawn. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. That was the grief in Jesus's heart. You guys have VIP access to people that I will never meet. VIP. People that would never step into a church building. Ever. People, I know how many times I've heard, heard stories where people say, I would not darken the doorway of a church because of things they've been through. Or people say, um, I won't even come to a funeral because it's in a church building. These are people that you guys rub shoulders with in your jobs and stuff. People that, acquaintances that you have. These are people that need the good news of the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And they're people that I will, I will never reach. But God has placed you where you are to reach them. So just pray. Pray. Let's pray together. And I just want to bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your great commission. I thank you that Jesus creates a level playing field. In other words, all of us are completely equal at the foot of the cross because all of us are equally valuable because you shed your very blood to pay for each of our lives. And we recognize that, Lord. And we thank you for that equality that you bring. And we thank you for that... Uh, the call to participate in your work in the world, Lord, to think about how you have sovereignly in your almighty power placed us where we are for a purpose. And I pray that for each person here, you would reveal, uh, reveal this sermon, what this sermon is supposed to mean for them as they go about their daily lives, as they're working their, their 80% of their time jobs, as they're going about with their kids to sports activities, uh, standing, in the, standing in Gavin Park while their kids play on the playground, and, and uh, interacting with other people in the city. Lord, reveal to us, Lord, the people that you 
are, are just drawing in and, and use us, each of us, Lord, to soften the hearts of the people in this city where we live, uh, that they might come to know the saving uh, love and compassionate care of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has, who has just given us every blessing. And we, want, we just love people. We want them to know you as well, God. We want them to know you as well. So I pray for each person. Be with us in the process as we process this, as we think, as we consider what you're calling us to do. And we lift all of this up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are dispersed into the world to be the church, to be the missionaries. You're all missionaries. Uh, We'll see you tonight at 6 o'clock.